1: picasso knows your vacation home is your best home it's the place that brings family and friends together it's where you're the best version of yourself picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations listings start at 200k for 1/8 ownership picasso does all the work for you luxury furnishings maintenance billing scheduling and more and you can resell on picasso's marketplace anytime historically for a 10 percent gain
2: Hi and hello, football fans.
1: Your old pal Dave Damashek here in Studio 66. But in just a moment, we're going to take a journey to Houston, Texas. A couple of weeks ago, I sat down with one of the sharpest guys, one of the funniest guys. One of the most personable fellas in all of pro football, Malcolm Jenkins, safety extraordinaire of the Philadelphia Eagles. We sat down, we ate barbecue, we talked about social issues, we cracked some whys. It was a glorious time, so why wait any longer than we have to? In the meantime, uh, a reminder and a request in fact, the demand, go to uh, iTunes, subscribe, rate, comment, share with all your uh, friends. We're going to be doing a lot of – Audio exclusive shows for you in the next uh, several weeks here. This one, though, available in video as well. We appreciate you checking that out. NFL.com slash DDFP is how you can watch it. You may want to take a look at it if you want to salivate a little bit because, uh, man, oh, man, the barbecue that uh, Jenkins and I had um, in Houston was just sublime, the greatest brisket I've ever had. Let's dig into that. Let's dig into all of it with Malcolm Jenkins right now. Malcolm Jenkins, do you like to eat food? I love food, actually. I like to eat food, too. We have a lot in common. I think this is going to (laughs) go great. What should we eat? Brisket seems like a good way to go.
3: Always am up for some ribs. Ooh. (sighs) Baked beans. Yeah, there's not much on this, this menu that doesn't sound good.
1: All right, let's sit. Let's figure it all out today, you know? Yeah, let's do it. Let's not talk about something. Let's talk about everything. Let's do it. First of all, let's you know you're a man of high fashion. Everybody knows that—the bow ties, the beard, everything else. Have I reached a stage in my life where I need to follow your lead and just, you know? Because I'll, I'll tell you something—I want—I want no jive between us
3: in this conversation. <laughs> you talking about going bald? Well, I am going bald. you are not. Well. I've seen way worse, and, and, and most of it was in the mirror. Well, it can't me. be
1: worse than that, but yeah, no, like, I mean, that's it. No, but, you're good. No, but you know, can I tell you a secret right out of the gate? Right up there, mm-hmm. that's fake hair. I put, they, they make this stuff like, you put like fake hair into your hair. Now, you can't tell that I, I have a bald spot, but I'm just, I, I'm just staving off the inevitable. <laughs> Do I need to shave my head?
3: So I'm, I'm gonna give you some advice. When when I did it, uh, I made sure I had like at least three weeks, like a three week window where I had to make no appearances. I wasn't going anywhere. <laughs> I wasn't gonna be in front of a camera. Like, let me try it out first. Mm, interesting um, thought. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I did it and my wife liked it. So I was good after that. I was like, okay, I'll stick with it. But yeah, I was kind of you know dipping my toe in the water at first, just a, a trial so basis.
1: I like I like the planning of it. So 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 yeah. So it's like, listen, this could go this could go real wrong, real wrong.
3: Yeah. And you, you got to keep the beer, though, because that's this is you know like, this keeps people from looking up here. You know, but what about we've talked about it before?
1: Are you raw about the James Harden thing? Because you you had this before James Harden,
3: and you I, I get a lot of those comparisons. Especially since I've been out here in Houston, <laughs> that's,
1: you know what? That's that's something. Yeah, we should tell everybody you're James Harden. I bet a lot of people wouldn't know the difference.
3: They would. He's got a strong head of hair as well. I don't. I don't think James Harden's bald at all. I think I don't
1: think people are. You don't uh, look past that. Yeah, yeah don't I, don't, past I, don't, I, I don't think people are that observant. I think if we he's put you pretty, in a Rockets he's jersey, he's pretty strong
3: though. His is like longer. I don't. I don't like to keep mine that long, but he's got a he's got a, a great beard.
1: Let's talk about. Uh, like I say, fashion is a thing of yours. Um, I've been wondering about this. As you're, you're an athlete. Maybe you can shed some light on this. Why is a sports coat called a sports coat? Because you wouldn't play sports in that.
3: <laughs> I don't know. Like, why is it called a blazer?
1: Trailblazer? Where are you going? Yeah. yeah what, what, you what trails yeah. are you blazing in the thing? Yeah, both of those aren't good. What should it be called?
3: I mean, it should just be called a, a jacket or a coat, like, you know, I regular. Know. But that's not cool enough. So somebody was like, you know sports what? Sports jacket. Sports coat, yeah, blazer. Let, let, let's, <laughs> what, what piece of clothing would be
1: the last one you'd want to wear if you're playing a sport? It's like an ironic thing, you know? Let's right, call yeah, a if sports I was playing sports, right. the last
3: thing I want to put on is a, is a nice jacket.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where has better food, New Orleans or Philadelphia?
3: Ooh, so I lived in New Orleans for five years and um, fell in love with the food. New Orleans is obviously known for their food. Uh, When I went to Philadelphia, I was very concerned that I'd miss the food in New Orleans, but Philadelphia has actually surprised me. They have a lot of uh, really good food, a lot of restaurants similar to New Orleans. The two cities are actually very, very similar. Minus the Mardi Gras and all the festivals, but both of them have really, really good food. Yeah. But they're different styles. If you're looking for you know any kind of Creole or Southern food, I've I've yet to find anybody who can um, replicate what they do in New Orleans.
1: I think that's the one of those places that. You know, people always say, like, oh, if I lived in that town, I'd weigh 70 pounds extra. Mm. New Orleans, they don't even try. They're like, it's the only city I can think of, they don't even try. Like, if you go to any other city in America, they'll be like, we do have a grilled chicken option for
4: you. Yeah, like, no. They're, they're no, no, no. No grilled chicken. We're not option. gonna give you that. If you do, they're gonna
3: look at you crazy. We're gonna
1: put extra thick, gr- we'll give you a grilled chicken, but we'll we fry. are gonna put heavy gravy <laughs> on
3: it. We'll grill it first, then we'll deep fry it and put gravy and all kind of stuff on it. Is chili a soup? No, it shouldn't be. No. If it if it, if you if it's of the consistency of a soup, then you made it wrong. Would you ever or have you ever ordered soup
1: and chili at the same meal?
3: No. That's not enough substance. I, I,
1: I, I'm inclined to agree with you, but if you did, <laughs> which would you order which would be the appetizer, which would be the meal? Oh the, the
3: soup would be the appetizer and chili would be the meal. That's correct. Yeah. So another question I get all the time is, back to hot dogs, because I have hot dogs in my brain, um, do you consider a hot dog its own category or do you consider it a sandwich?
1: You know, I've gone, I've gone round and round on this. It's one of the issues of our time. Um, I think the greatest thing you can be is a food, sort of like chili, is your own thing. And a hot dog, it owns its own category. I don't know, if you're a hot dog purveyor, you don't wanna be like, oh yeah, it's a sandwich. No, no, no. no. Or, yeah, you know, it's, no, no, a hot dog.
3: You know, there's oh, nothing yeah. else in the world like it. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's my argument, is that, uh a sandwich is a sandwich. Mm-hmm. You, you need multiple components other than meat to, to be a sandwich. Uh, but a hot dog is its own thing. It has its own bun. You don't put anything else on a hot dog bun. Mm-hmm. Um, it's its own form. Nothing else is shaped like a hot dog. So, you know, a hot dog is a hot dog. I, I mean,
1: I think, that's, I think that's a tip of the cap to the hot dog, yeah. really. But right along those lines, is a hamburger a sandwich? Yes. Really? Yes. Explain that one.
3: Because a hamburger... Wait, uh, hold that
1: thought, Malcolm Jenkins. Oh, man. Oh, forget the hamburger. <laughs> uh, we can talk hamburgers later. Oh, Look man. at this. He oh, my goodness. Sample guys, oh, right. my goodness. I don't know how they do it in Philly and Pittsburgh.
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, my goodness. Come down to Texas, you got to do it big. I all right. <laughs> You guys right, have some collard oh yeah. Oh yeah.
1: Get one for Malcolm and yeah. then uh, let's see. <laughs> <We'll for Malcolm. laughs> you? <laughs> well, oh, this is for oh okay, I'm sorry. No. <laughs> I mean,
4: right, you guys want to split it up now? So what do we have here? Alright guys, so first of all, welcome to Gatlin's Barbecue. Where love Thank is you. a secret ingredient. We do everything with love around here. Oh, yeah. So hopefully the, the platter presents itself as the same. So over here, you got spare ribs, you got baby backs, you got smoked chicken, and you got three different sausages here. Uh, one is a venison sausage, one is a kind of a spicy kind of Creole sausage, and one is kind of a tra- traditional pork and beef blend of a sausage there. Then we got the uh, some white meat here with some turkey, and then we got the Texas Jewel. We got moist and lean brisket right here with a little barbecue sauce and condiments. Oh my goodness. alright right. All right, you're gonna have some fun today we just pick it all up. You just pick it all up. Everything's eating with your hands. You know, don't be, oh, scared. Don't be scared. I know you got that white shirt on, no yes, that, I don't Don't right? worry about nah. that. Huh? Get, get him a, get him a, get
1: him a <laughs> I felt like you, you must, I thought maybe you are doing this special for me. I, I, I no. see no need for utensils most yeah. of the time.
4: Not at all. Not all. There's, I mean, why, why do you need your utensils? You got, you got five good ones right there.
1: That's right. Yeah. I it. it. smells <laughs> enough for me to know that uh, I, might, smooth, I, awesome. I might move in here. I might, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I might make that. <laughs> we got cots rented for five bucks out in the Is that back. right?
4: Yeah. Perfect. You yeah. yeah. read my mind. Read my mind. <laughs> good deal, guys. I'm going to leave you all to it. I usually only serve Texans, Malcolm, but uh, I'm gonna let you slide with it today. Oh, appreciate all right? that. All right, bro. <laughs> appreciate it, man. Y'all enjoy. Thank Thank you. All right, we'll, we'll try our best. I think. <laughs> yeah. Let's
1: do it. You know, cheers to us for cheating life. Cheers. Drinking beer, eating barbecue in the middle of the day, not a care in the yeah, world, awesome. right? Many cares in the world. Ooh,
3: that, is that the Creole sausage? We just talking about Creole.
1: Ooh, that is so delicious. Why does Malcolm have that second L in it?
3: You know what? I was named after Malcolm X. Um, that's how he spelled it. So, so it's like a? It's. I get a, actually get upset because a lot of people, I guess, who aren't familiar with how to spell it, spell it with only one L. Right. It seems Malcolm. like it should be Malcolm. But that's nice. Nah, even you put that like Malcolm, mm. like there's a, there's like a little l at the end. It's like subtle, but if you put if you if you got rid of it, it'd be Malcolm. Malcolm. Yeah, but it's Malcolm. Malcolm. Yeah. Malcolm. It's a little a little soft l. It softens it out. So you're even. okay with the second l officially? Oh, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. It, I wouldn't like. I don't like it without the l. It's like harsh, like Malcolm. Is it a weird name though for an infant to have? I guess what household are you were in. I'm like, at some point I was an infant. Yeah. I got to ask my mom if it was weird to call me Malcolm as like a two year old.
1: Well, I, you know, there are a lot of names in the world that are name. good for a short name. Right. There are names that are good for grown ups, yeah. but they don't work for a baby, yeah. and vice versa. Yeah. Like, like Carl. <laughs> Like Carl, oh look, isn't he adorable, isn't he cute, what's his name, Gary, like wow, <laughs> that's a terrible name for a baby, well yeah, actually that's not a good name for a grown-up either, it's <laughs> kind of weird, but he's no.
3: very mature, like, yeah, you almost expect him to be a little bit more responsible as the two-year-old. Yeah, long. right,
1: right, the other side of it is, though, Toby, Toby's a cute Toby? name for a little one. You don't want to grow up and be Toby. I mean, you don't want to be Justin either, as a grown-up.
3: I'm a black man, so nobody wants to be called Toby in my world.
1: <laughs> I don't think that. I don't think that's. Uh, I don't think that's race specific. I don't, like any, I don't, I don't Nobody think any, wants
3: to
4: be Toby. Who
1: wants to be Toby? I don't want to be a 37 year old man named Toby. <laughs> yeah, that's. You're right. My school is might be that, cool as a two year old. As far as that goes, is it? Was was. Chip Kelly's ultimate undoing in Philadelphia, his first name. How do you take direction? A leader of men. Now, fellows, we've got to we've got to show up and give 60 minutes. Okay, Chip, you right.
3: So the only time I actually, like, in my mind, I laughed kind of at his name. It's, you know, like, in, in football, we like to, like, use analogies and... One of the biggest things you'll hear people say is that, oh, he plays with a chip on his shoulder. <laughs> and every time I heard that in the media, in my mind, I laughed. And he'd say it, like, you know, you guys got to play with motivation. Play with a chip on your shoulder. And I'm like, and you, in my mind, I just picked a Chip Kelly.
1: Yeah, a little, <laughs> little miniature <laughs> Chip Kelly on your shoulder the whole yeah. time. I like <laughs> I like that idea. What was he like?
3: He's actually, he, I mean, contrary to belief, he's actually a, a good coach, if, for me at least. Hmm. Um, he's somebody who's, I think, ahead of the curve when it comes to um, being able to take care of players. He, that's, that's one thing that he he prioritized was how do you, because he understands that his program is demanding. The pace that he demands, the amount of reps. And so doing that, he understands that, all right, we have to take care of players' bodies so that they can actually even function at this kind of level. Mm. Um, and so my first two years, I played with him two years, I had, in those two years, I had the most snaps of any player in the NFL. I probably played close to two or three games extra when, when you add up all the snaps than anybody else. Um, but it was the best I felt in my entire career because he is a nerd when it comes to sports science. Like, that's his baby. <clears throat> and so, you know, I actually took a lot and learned a lot from him, and that. You know, he's, I think, a young coach trying to figure out how to make his new system fit in the traditional NFL. But, um... Why doesn't... But it, it's funny because it's
1: easy to be cynical and you say, what a washout that yeah. was. I think anybody who likes football should uh, should... Be, should have been rooting for his success because he was trying to do something different at the very least. Yeah. But but why has it you know this far in? Obviously, it hasn't really worked well, out. I so well, I think it's
3: like anything. You know, when you come in to to a, a league that is ever changing, you you've got to be willing to adjust and adapt. And I think that's where his his downfall has been because I feel like his system actually could work if he adjusted it just a little hmm. bit. Because I know from, a, so I, I got to play against Chip Kelly before I went to the Eagles. So the, the Saints, when I was with them, we went to Philly to play against, uh, in a playoff game against the Eagles, and we ended up winning at home. But that entire week, we were so worried about the tempo and the pace and the amount of snaps that, like, we were trying to, like, go as fast as we could in practice to get used to it within a week. I'm like And so, and we wanted to be simple. We probably called three defenses the entire game. And I'm like when you as an offense when you know that defenses are afraid of you and they can only call three plays for the entire game that should be an advantage but there's one thing when you go fast all the time if it doesn't work it's detrimental to your team but when you understand that people have to to adjust to that pace all you have to do is change the pace you can go fast like they expect you to and then after a while, you just slow it down and see. They're going to show you what they can't disguise, so they'll show you exactly what defense they're in, have the offensive coordinator who's in the box radio down, change the play to whatever is you know, going to be the best play, and you're always in a good position.
1: Bold prediction. Will Chip Kelly have the last laugh? Will he, will he eventually win out, or do you suppose that he'll wind up at some
3: point? I hope he does, honestly, because I, 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 I truly believe that he has something that's that can... Can really change the face of this league mm. if applied correctly. So I really do hope that he has the last laugh. He's one of those guys. He, you know, he wants to win. He like he cares about everything he's doing. Um, had some success early, but like anything, the league will catch up. People will adjust, and, and you always got to change what you're doing or, or you know make it make it better. So I
4: hope so.
1: Chip's latest pupil was Colin Kaepernick. Yep. Uh, I think it's really interesting that, you know, maybe even a, I don't know, a year ago, two years ago, I don't know, when you were growing up, were you a Michael Jordan guy? Everybody kind of was, it seems.
3: Yeah, I think it's, it's hard not to respect what Michael Jordan, you know.
1: But he never, for better or worse, and people have opinions on this, of course. It's always funny to me when people say uh, celebrities or athletes or whatever shouldn't talk about politics mm-hmm. and they tisk tisk. The same people that were last uh, summer, last uh, fall, were tisk tisking about how dare Colin Kaepernick? No one wants to hear what your political opinions are. No. You're being disrespectful and all that. Are the same people who a couple months before that were saying Muhammad Ali is one of the great uh, human beings of the 20th century. Yeah. And so much of that is owed to Ali. I think that in the time that you're doing it, there there are um, consequences to speaking out. You know, yeah. it's, it's easy to look back and say, Ali, what a, what a great human he yeah. was. But there were a lot of people, if you went back and dug up their paintings at the time. Right? Yeah,
3: I mean, it's, yeah, that's, that's what any historical figure is, you know, when you, at this age, when you look back, everybody talks about the great stuff, but... When you talk about, when you actually go back to and research, okay, what were they like in their heyday? Like people mm-hmm. hated them. Even even, you know, we talk about Martin Luther King in such a great light. Like he pissed off so many people, it was in, it was in jail so many times. Like even his I Have a Dream speech, he basically told America that you wrote black people a blank check. <laughs> like, you know, you promised us this and you didn't do it. So it's like he wasn't this. Mm-hmm. You know, all is well. We loved him. Back then, people hated him.
1: It is funny, yeah. In a way, you would say, this is, well, Bill Cosby has some extra baggage now. But but the way people regarded Bill Cosby versus Richard Pryor back in the 70s and 80s was like, one is... You know, more acceptable and yes, is embraceable and all of America loves him. But Richard Pryor's not for everybody. He's a little bit dangerous. That was kind of the vibe about them. And I feel like in in a bigger way, Martin Luther King was the former for political activism, and Malcolm X was like, "Be careful with Malcolm X." But in fact, I I agree with you completely. I think so. As far as that goes, and you, you know, we don't have to talk about it in the abstract because you saw what the fallout was for Colin Kaepernick. Right. A lot of people went after him. What At the time, were you fully on board with what he was doing?
3: Yeah, so you know, at that point, about a month before that, was when you had uh, Philando Castell shot by an officer, you had Alton Sterling killed by an officer, and then you had the shooting of the police here um, in Dallas, right down the road, all within like three days. And so that was kind of that for me at least, that tipping point where it was like, okay, something needs to be done. So you had a lot of people in the following weeks kind of standing up to be activists. You had LeBron James and um, all those guys at the ESPYs, I believe it was, that stood up and, mm-hmm. and kind of talked about it. A couple, me and my some of my teammates met with uh, Philly, the Philadelphia Police Commissioner, or they, uh, yeah, and talked to him about, you know, what could we do to help this thing? So you had a lot of people kind of galvanized to really Attack this this issue, but when Ka- what Kaepernick did was so impactful because he didn't tell anybody, didn't make a statement just by himself. He he used the NFL stage to and platform to draw attention to an issue, regardless if you wanted to ignore it or not. It was something you could not ignore, and I think what he did was whether it was purposeful or or, or not. He really it, it was kind of genius, and uh, what he did after that showed athletes just how far our reach and influence really is. And so, you know, it was something that you saw the weeks after that, many guys, including myself, follow suit and, and who are already doing the work but haven't leveraged that celebrity like he has. What about, um, so yeah, so he he seems to be,
1: and I, you know, where I sit, I, I, I think what he did was admirable, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and I think... People misguidedly make, making assumptions for why they're offended. Like, w- yeah. When you do that, this is why it offends me. Well, that's and you know that's uh, collateral damage. That's not the point of my statement. Right. My statement isn't to disrespect your service right. in the military at all. Well,
3: so the, the funny thing about it is, most people. Who are disrespected about, you know, like you said, service men and women who serve the country, the military. Most of them who are complaining are not military service men and women, they're people who are offended for them. So
1: true. That's a a big, I I, I really feel that's a big crisis. You're you're offended for me. Well, I'll I'll let you know if I need to be offended.
3: Exactly. And I think one thing that that Kaepernick did, when he first did it, he sat down. And then he talked to a couple um, men and women from our our, our service units, and they said, you know, sitting down is is disrespectful. You know, so that's why he adjusted it to the knee, specifically because... Mm -hmm. He talked to and women who served this country. Same thing, uh, when I came up with uh, the, the protests and we were raising our fists, the first thing I did is I hit my buddy in the Air Force. I said, what do you think about what we're gonna do? And he kind of shopped it around to, to the guys he's around and they said, look, we understand what you're doing. I totally respect it. And I got so many family members who are currently serving or have served in the military and in our own forces. And so some of that is, is not taken lightly, but he also went in front of a bunch of cameras and and spoke about why he took a knee, why he's not acknowledging or why he's protesting and demonstrating. But people ignore that, you know, because that would force them to then address what he's talking about. And and I think that's the that's the point where we are in, in America is we don't want you to interrupt our lives with these problems of other people that I don't face, you know, because, and I've gotten letters and and all kind of stuff, and I've saved them because I wanna, I'm gonna address them at some point, but, you know, I've gotten letters, like, you know, one guy's like, you know, I work really hard, I I, I work for everything I got, I'm I'm in the labor industry, and, you know, when I come home, I just wanna watch football, and that's my time to get away. Don't you dare interrupt, (laughs) you know, that, that piece for me. It's like, yeah, I, and I totally understand it, but at the same time, you know, it would, be, it would be almost offensive if years from now, things end up on the wrong side of history and, and, and we as athletes look back and complain about how things are but never really got involved and never mm-hmm. use our leverage and platform to, to effectuate the change that we want to see. So, like you said, it's collateral damage at this point. Like I'm sorry I messed up your Sunday evening or Sunday, you know, afternoon, but there are other people that that need to get if support.
1: Individually, a problem is and this is a reality in the 21st century. You you're the money you make you make a lot of money mm-hmm. from the Philadelphia Eagles. Mm-hmm. But of course, You know, you're a star and so you have marketing opportunities and everything else. You have to take a hit for doing that. There's a price to be paid. Michael Jordan said, I don't get political back when the times weren't that didn't feel as severe, you know. Um, But he said, Republicans buy sneakers too, was his statement to get off the hook. Personally, I thought that was a shame. Given given the example that uh, Muhammad Ali um, put out the generation before. Is that a thing? I mean, I, I, it seems to me like, I mean, listen, I'm a, I'm a dumb guy who talks about sports and stuff, but, you know, I'll hit retweet. I get a lot of, you know, on, on the things that I believe in, and I get a lot of pushback. Like, how dare you talk about this? I follow you to give think us dumb sports, opinions
3: well, on sports. Well, I think that's, that's one thing, too, that in, in 2017 we have to, like, pay attention to is differentiating real person-to-person interaction and what happens on social media. So, you know, over the last year, I've seen so many things on social media, like you said, where you have trolls just waving the internet, you know, looking to piss people off, and you, it'll trick you into thinking that this is how America really feels. When in all the interactions I've had face-to-face, I've never had anybody say anything disrespectful to me in regards of my protest or what I'm standing for. Even if they don't agree with me, they'll at least, you know, uh, acknowledge that what I'm taking a stand for is courageous and, and that it needs to be done. And, and probably 90% of the interactions are all positive and supportive because nobody would ever be able to look at you in your eyes and tell you some of the stuff that they write on, on Twitter or Instagram uh, because they, when you stand in front of somebody, you see the humanity in, in that person. And I think that's where um, we're missing out. We're all so caught up behind our phones that we can say whatever and not see the, the person behind that hashtag or the person behind that, that um, handle. Um, and it allows us to just feel free, you know. But in our person-to-person interaction, nobody really says that. So you, you can't get tricked into believing that if I go out here, somebody's gonna say that to me. That's my hunch
1: And um, specifically, you were there when, when Riley Cooper made his stuff. Was that, what were the next couple weeks of practice like?
3: So I was actually I came the year after. Oh, well, okay. Bro. But you know I came into a locker room and I that was like one of the questions I had like you know, and you know it's it's unfortunate um, what transpired. But you know my experience with Riley, he was a great a great teammate. You know he he's one of those guys I didn't mind hanging out with. He, he was cool. Obviously he regretted everything about that that incident. But you know I, I think it's also there's you know there's times where you need to also be able to admit mistakes and and, and understand you know mistakes even if you have something that i, I don't agree with it's fine but you know that, that i'm sure in that locker room at that point in time it had to be uh a little bit awkward
1: do you think did, did chip kelly and company did they have to be like hey everybody I don't want it. I don't want anybody hitting him extra hard or anything like that. Well, I, think, I would think legitimately.
3: I, I think there, there were some guy- confrontations. Uh, there were a few confrontations before what I hear. I wasn't in the locker room, but um, you know, it, the good thing about it is most of it was handled in house and, and not out, you know, for the public. But I mean, that's I couldn't imagine. Being in that locker room at that time, that was probably something something nice. But everything, I've, like I said, every interaction I've had with Raleigh is, has been great. Even since he's left the team, you know, he's stayed in contact. And so, I, you know, it's it's. – I'm sure he regrets that every day. But it's one of those things where – you know, that's the good thing about football, though. It takes, takes people from different backgrounds, different perspectives, different uh, upbringings and forces you to work together. So – Mistakes and conversations, tough ones, are they're part of our everyday life. So we can talk about politics. We can, you know, have an an issue like what, what Riley had, where it can be worked through and then moved on. And I think those are lessons like that we are trying to uh oh bread. Hi guys. Here's your bread.
2: Oh, thank nice.
4: you. And we have more barbecue sauce over here. Yeah.
3: Thank
1: you so much. You can just drop that on the plate. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Is there
4: anything else you guys need?
1: No. I'm I don't good. think so. Okay. I think we have more I'm... than enough.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy Thank you. Thank you. But you know, those are lessons that we can that we can kind of push on to society.
1: The nature of football makes your future more fragile you know your playing career more Mm -hmm. fragile because the 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 injuries but you guys must look at the other three big american leagues and just say what's good why 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 the inequity versus the way other you know the way the nba treats its players and so on right or no
3: well there's you know there's you don't want to get caught up in looking at what other people are doing because you'll always be upset, right? We, like, you'll look at the NBA and a lot of what I hear, especially from young players, are like, well, damn, they have guaranteed contracts. Why don't we have guaranteed contracts? It's like, well, you got to think about it from a business perspective. There's a 100% um, injury rate in the NFL, which means that every single player who comes mm. to the NFL will get hurt at some point in time. So if I guarantee your contract as a owner, that would be bad business. And I'm like, everything is collectively bargained for. But if you look at our benefits package, if you look at the things that we have kind of on the back end as NFL players and and where we're moving forward to, we have the best
0: uh,
3: benefits out of any league out there. We get taken care of the most, which we need to, because we're in a warrior sport where, like I said, everybody's getting banged up, everybody's getting hurt. Um, But there's always that, like, that checks and balances. You know, football in America is the, the... top sport. When you talk about money coming in and our league is booming, you know, so, and we got uh, 47 to 53 guys on the team that we got to split this money with, so, as opposed to whatever, I don't even know how many guys are in the NBA team, but it's not 53.
1: No, right. <laughs> Big, yeah, fewer guys out, you know, that need to. Right,
3: it's the nature of the sport. Um, I think we're moving in the right direction, but, you know, I, by no mistake, are we behind or, Playing second fiddle to any league in this in this country.
1: Do you like? Uh, do you sit around and watch football when you're not
3: playing? Um, the only time I'm not playing is the playoffs. So hopefully that will change that trend. But uh, you have a
1: Monday night game. You have a bye yeah. week. You sitting around watching I the do. rest of the league. I
3: am a big fan of football. Like honestly, one of I'm not close to being there yet, but one of my uh, aspirations. The first thing I'll do once I'm done playing ball is I want to actually do the entire like game day experience. Like I want to go tailgate. This is this is go something. Hang of, out in I, stands. This is kind of like a mini tailgate. This yeah, is. You know.
1: I realized that uh, a year or two ago. I was talking to Greg Olson, and I said that very thing to him. Mm-hmm. I said, like at Carolina, you ever go to a game in Charlotte? When you're going up there, it smells so good mm-hmm. in Kansas City, and I'm sure Houston. Mm-hmm. It must smell so good that you'd get tempted to, to stop over and you know pull over at a mm-hmm. tailgate. And he said, uh, I've never been to a tailgate, because, of course, I'm always playing in that right.
3: That makes me feel sad. So in, in Philly, you know, we have to drive to the stadium. <laughs> and one of the days, I, I was driving by the big parking lot, and it, you just see all the people tailgating. I'm like, they're having so much fun. They're playing <laughs> beer pong and cornhole. You smell all the brats and hot dogs. <laughs> and I'm just like, man, I can't wait. It's a cruel twist of fate. It is. I went back to Columbus, to Ohio State uh, for homecoming. Mm. They were playing Rutgers and we had a bye week, so I got to go back. And that was my first time tailgating. I got caught up on my frat brothers. We uh, brought a grill, everything, got a parking spot. Got there at like 7.30 in the morning and it's it was a 1 o'clock game, but we tailgate. That was my first time. I'm like, I, I want you to wait. invite
1: me to the next one because yep. you could, just as I could go out and you could, I could go out on the field with you and you could teach me a few things mm-hmm. about uh, about NFL defense. I could teach you many things about you know beer and grilling food. Yeah. So one and thing I, a, I fun learned, time before a game. You know? One
3: thing I learned that you know. Like I said, it was my first tailgate, so it had a few hiccups. Like mm-hmm. you can't bring charcoal; you can not do a charcoal grill in the parking lot. You can only do propane. Mm-hmm. I learned that the hard way. That's
1: right. So, <laughs> so. Let's get those hot dogs in like three and a half hours yeah, later. gonna like, be ready, after, ready soon. Yeah, after
3: you had to text me, hey, go get a propane grill
1: the the uh the buckeyes won in overtime about like a half an hour ago well this is going to be heated up about 45 minutes to an hour then we're going to then we're going to eat i don't want to be saccharine about this but is it possible that maybe you could extract something from an nfl locker room you guys are forced together in 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 tight quarters and you're forced to work for for a a common goal it's not political obviously you're trying to win games and win a super bowl but is that somehow the uh a model that society should look at and say, see, look, we get by. Well, well, we're, not, we're not uh, beating each other yeah, there's up every day. There are so many day.
3: lessons to be learned in football, and that's why it's, I think, one of the greatest games um, ever created is because you have literally a team of guys from thousand different backgrounds. All of them are making different money so you got you, you have classes you have different races you have different upbringings and all of them are forced to work together to do one thing and that's win and like how do we win together as a team where everybody benefits and that's you know that's what we want to do as a country is how do we take everybody from all of these corners of America dif- different stages different um, places in life and bring them together to do one thing to, to move forward as a country that benefits everybody and so in the locker room, you can't be sensitive. You, you have to be able to listen. You got to be able to talk and, and voice your opinion, um, and everything has to stay in house. And, and And that goal of winning and moving forward for everybody is always at the forefront. And I think once America can thicken its skin a little bit and not get pissed off because somebody disagrees with you or feels some other way, but we'll be able to voice your own opinion, listen to a different opinion and find common ground and move forward and I think we can actually get to a place where we feel comfortable.
1: Well, I like that, you know, I, maybe it's a little simplistic, but I really do think that that message that, uh, you know, like, look at what we're doing, we're getting by and hmm. this, this this is maybe something that you can uh, expand in the, the way we act in Common space and yeah. in, in the rest of society. You uh, so you get the uh, Lombardi, the physical one, yep. and then you get one uh, for for uh, you
3: know yeah, further. Just in case I forgot it, you know I, I got a tattooed on my arm. What do you mean you forgot it? You know, in case I, you know. Oh, in case you did. In case I forgot that I won a Super Bowl or, like, look down and remind myself.
1: I don't think that's for you as much as it is for whatever company you're keeping. Like,
3: oh, did I not mention? Did I not my Lombardi? I got a replica scene in my man cave it's as a, well as a second all,
1: reminder. All respect to, to to your family. Like, if you were a single guy, that would really be a great uh, icebreaker. Like, Yeah.
3: yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, hey, what are you
4: doing?
3: Yeah, I don't. What have I been up to? <laughs> oh, the, oh, this whole thing. Right, right. Yeah. I'm not one of those guys that that wears their Super Bowl ring to like every every event. Just does one of these all the time. Hey. With the big gaudy ring on like oh yeah I did win a super bowl well those are, I, I i condemn
1: those rings you know there's some dignity in the size of like do you ever see the name the one like it's all right oh, you right. could wear that with the the one's like in the last 20 years or so they're ridiculous so
3: I, I will the the one we got for the Saints is is a respectable one it's it's nice you look at it and say it's a super bowl ring but it's not like not like the it's size of a Miata, right. right. But I've seen some of those uh, Patriot rings, and they take up like a whole finger. They're like,
4: yeah.
1: Who wears that? Now, what I would wear, I would wear, if I were a Hall of Famer, I would wear the gold jacket once a week. Not every day, because then it would be obnoxious. But I, <laughs> But I would wear it every week
3: and just let everybody know go to like a cigar lounge or something just purposely do that but i I think i'd go i think i'd go
1: more so would would i wear it here if i were a gold jacket would i be sitting here with you in it answer is yes i would
3: (laughs) would you ever coat check it you go to like a nice establishment can we can we check your coat (laughs) no i'm good no no
1: no no it'll stay on my back yeah (laughs) yeah would that be a weird uh if you had one of those would you would you wear it on a date do you think? Or no, is that, is that too far? That's too far, yeah. It is.
3: I make a I mean I'm not there yet. But if I was desperate enough, I'd just like create my on my own fake one. Yeah. Made the Hall of Fame. Nah, you know what? I like that. Do yeah. it yourself. Do
1: why, it why so. wait and see if they give you thing. one? Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I think we've stumbled onto something. We have stumbled. Great job. Hall Hall of Fame. Well, that's not what we're about. Jenkins and Damashek aren't about Hall of Fame. We're talking. This is the Hall of Great. We should get just slightly darker yellow mustard. We'll get that, and we'll get the. We'll get a little thing stitched on there, and we'll start giving them out to people we think deserve them.
3: The, The Hall of Great.
1: What do you think about that? I like that. All right, we've done it. We've done it all today, I think, Mountain Jenkins. <laughs> do you feel satisfied with our
3: um, conversation and meal? I'm going to dive into this a little bit more, but I'm definitely satisfied.
1: No, I'm going to I'm going to fold this one up. Let's get a I don't think a doggy bag will do. Like no, a doggy we're gonna need suitcase a doggy or something like a right, duffel bag. Duffel bag, yeah. Yeah, something like that. Hey, it's been great to talk to you. Uh, admire all the, uh, the great things you're doing that you're not required to do as a, as a high-profile human being. But uh, nevertheless, sticking your, uh, sticking your neck out there a little bit and, uh, and hopefully making things uh, a little bit better here in society. I appreciate that. Meantime. Let's see you get a gold jacket, and let's start that. We, we, we don't need their gold jacket anymore. We're not interested. Mustard give, jackets. You can give you can give Jenkins one if you want to give me one for the broadcast uh, wing of the Hall of Fame. Yeah, you That's your it. business, but we're not interested because we already got the Hall of
3: Great. Hall of Great. Thank you, Malcolm
1: Jenkins. See, I told you, Malcolm Jenkins, a swell fella. Uh, We appreciate you listening and or watching. Continue to do so. Again, a reminder, go on iTunes, do all the stuff, rate it, comment, and all that jazz. And or give it a look if you just listen to it. Give it a look on video as well, nfl.com slash DDFP. That's it. We'll be back next week with more exciting action for you. In the meantime, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a
0: thin slice of heaven.